following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Hand off, Elliott plowing to the goal line. Barry sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it into the touchdown. Here are Mickey Spagnola, Brian Broaddus, Rob Phillips, and Bill Jones. What's up, Cowboys Nation? Welcome into Talkin' Cowboys. Off-season edition, almost rookie minicamp edition. Rob Phillips in the host chair for Bill Jones. He's a little busy tonight. Got a game seven. Covering a game seven up in St. Louis. Yeah. Stars and blues. You know, sometimes he gets pulled away from this football stuff. And he gets to do that, by the way. He gets to. He gets to. I don't, yeah. It's he, a he privilege. Didn't seem, he didn't seem too excited about doing it. I'd love to go see a game seven like that. I've seen a couple of game sevens in my day. I guess he wants to hang with us. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. No, nah, he you just didn't. doesn't like hockey. I don't think. <laughs> How could you not like it? How can you not love a game seven? Yeah. Right, right. Mickey's been to a few games this year. Mickey Spagnola back from vacation, a short one. Welcome back. Long weekend. <laughs> Long weekend. What was that? Is that a new drop? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Kent. Kent <laughs> Garrison next door inside the new Garrison, dropping those drops and. Brian brought us across the table from me as yeah, always. Yeah. Welcome, guys. We got a big show planned for you. We're we're in this purgatory right now, this middle ground of end of draft and trying to get to some on the field stuff. Sure, we're almost there. Good luck this weekend. I <laughs> I know, right? We're not yeah. we're not going to get an actual get shake a few hands more than you get to see some football. Probably exactly. We're going to watch some meetings on the field when the rookies get in here. I think they arrive Thursday. And uh, they'll have a mini camp this weekend, Mick. Where Meet, meetings on Friday and Saturday. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. much. They did this last year, and uh, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's probably smart to have more of an orientation type style introduction for these guys. And if the weather reports are accurate, they'll probably be indoors. Yeah, good thing about having indoors. What do we live in Florida lately? What's the deal here with all the rain? It's good, though, because in two months it won't rain a day. Exactly. It'll be 103. You know, I, I think to me, when you talk about the, the way they handle these things nowadays, I, I remember going back to some of those Valley Ranch days when Garrett first kind of started doing this. Ooh. And there were, there were some guys that just weren't ready for this. Yep. They weren't ready for the constant go, 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 go. You know, a lot of these kids, they do the combine they work out for their pro day, and then they get ready for the draft, just doing nothing. And so now, I mean, they're way, way, way behind of some of the guys that have been doing these captain's workouts and stuff like that. And They've been on a job interview for they, a few they months. They have. And, and so it, I think it's really a, a smart play by, by Coach Garrett, the front office, to let these guys get some acclimation. Is that the right word? I hope I use the right word. Yeah. But, yeah, to, to come in at least – you know, understand, okay, where's my locker? Where's the training room? Where do I eat? Where's the meeting room? I mean, you know, these guys, when they brought him in initially, there was a lot of throw a lot at him and see how they respond. And, boy, I'll tell you what, I, I don't think the – I think the – the return on that investment wasn't very good. And I think that's where they realized their fault. And like, okay, we need to figure this out, a better path, and allow some of these kids to have. I felt, I felt like when camp started last year, correct me if I'm wrong, 
you know, the, the rookies seemed to be better suited for how things were going to be. They were able to work out beforehand, you know, get, you know, try and catch up a little bit and then go about their job of trying to make this football team. So I applaud them for doing it this way. If I was in, sitting in that chair, I would be the first guy saying, hey, well, let's think about what we're doing here, boys. It's probably 20 years too late. The way they used to work them out. Oh, yeah. Think about it. Yeah. It used to be you got drafted Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and by Thursday you were here. Yeah. And Friday you were going through a full football workout. Right. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, no pads. You right. put a helmet on. And guys were getting hurt. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, oh, they're not ready for training camp. And the story of the day on Friday would be after they ran them, okay, who got sick? Who got, Who got sick? sick? Des Who Bryant. Up, Des right? Bryant. Yeah, Des yeah. Bryant got sick. Des Bryant got sick. He's yeah. not in shape. Right. Well, yeah, surprise. Because a lot of times there's also guys you draft from northern climates that come down here and it's hot. And it's 90 it's degrees. Hot. It's hot. In they this. don't have enough bodies to run the drills. Yeah. That's the thing. And then you got coaches who haven't haven't coached anything since, well, the, this staff since the playoffs. So you get coaches that are anxious to be on the field and hustle, 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 move. Let's faster, faster, move. You know, and then now, you know, yeah, you're evaluating, but man, it, it just, it was really, I think it set the kids back. I think it, you know, if you, again, get them acclimated to what you want them to do. If you want to play with the tempo and practice, okay, this is what we're going to do. These are the drills we're going to do. At least when the when the veteran guys come on board, they won't be just totally out of place. They'll be able to kind of yeah. you know follow Jason Witten or follow you know Travis Frederick or follow you know Ezekiel Elliott. You know those are the things that'll help these kids to kind of have an understanding of what the expectations are for them without being behind. You don't want to get a kid hurt in one of these three day practices and all of a sudden he doesn't he's not able to work out for six weeks because of a hamstring injury. Right. You know, and we know how cautious these guys can be, and rightfully so. So give these kids a chance to put their best foot forward. I think the last couple of years that they've done this, we've seen that be the case. Plus, they, they, they didn't have enough to play football anyway. So no, you had to bring line. in a bunch of yeah. scrappies to get in on workouts, to have enough to have 11 on 11. Yeah, that's the other thing about this. They, don't, they won't bring in tryout guys here. Yeah. They'll bring in their class, the right. rookie free agents that they've – agreed to terms with, will sign, and then uh, their draft class. And correct me if I'm wrong, they used to have this camp, and then guys, the rookies, would have to go back and then come back here. Yeah, because they now, couldn't be here till May 15th. Right. So now they can have this camp, and stick around. Stay. They get the foundation for really for also the strength and conditioning program, how they go about that. Right. And then, like you said, Brian, OTA start up in a couple weeks, and the yeah. veterans will be. You know, there. and the other thing is, is those guys didn't know how to practice no. without pads on, so they played like they had pads on, and they mm. started getting hurt. You guys mm. are spraining their shoulders because they're diving for balls, mm. or they're getting going up and contesting passes, falling yeah. to the ground. The trainers hated it. Absolutely, and, yep. and and even the OTAs are kind of sketchy sometimes too with the contact that yeah. involves. You know, after we watched last week, what two weeks ago, the touch football or flag football, whatever tournament they had out here. Those guys were wearing helmets now. Yeah, that, that's sort of helmets. Kind of a new thing, like, like the, soft helmets, like water polo helmets. Yeah, almost. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah, because you're going to run into each other. It's going to happen. So, yeah, th this is the smartest thing they've ever done. Basically, have meetings on the field and do walkthroughs. Well, it's a good group of guys. 
You know, I, I, we had a show since they've announced the group of guys, the the undrafted guys. Yeah, we, and you if you got to look at the whole thing yeah, too, not just the yeah, class. Exactly, the yeah. guys that they're going to bring in here yeah. off the street, free yeah. agent guys. No, I I was really impressed. And on DallasCowboys.com, I've been writing reports about these kids that were undrafted, and I, I you know, there's going to be some very competitive. Guys here, not only guys that are going to try and get roster spots, but those those practice squad spots are very competitive too, because you have guys that are currently on the roster that still have practice squad eligibility. Can one of these uh, you know undrafted free agents make a roster, make the fifty three? We've seen that happen before here. It's something quite common, but you also those practice squad spots are very very valuable as well. So. Not only you're playing for a couple of different things, but you're also potentially playing for another job somewhere else. And hopefully you keep the right guys when it's all that said and done. Well, Stephen Jones said it after the draft, guys, that this might be one of the most competitive camps he's seen in a lot of years. And when you look at the roster, that's because they didn't have a ton of turnover in free agency this year. No. Now, next year, they got a lot of decisions to make. And on top of that, they covered themselves in free agency and added some good young players. Right. There's a lot of competition at a lot of spots and we're going to talk about that too yeah maybe naming some guys that have got to step up here they took 15 guys off their draft board if you think about it you know and then is that rare is that that's as rare as it gets what? i i i mean i'm just trying to think of a number and i know this is again i give chris hall we'll, we had will mcclain on the draft show last week and i gave uh, chris hall and that staff a lot of credit for how they set their board up Will even offered a little bit of insight if you didn't get a chance to hear the draft show with Will on. I encourage you to go back and listen to it. We have it podcasted for you. That was great. But Will last was, Thursday. Thank you. Will was talking about though that they they have a meeting before the draft, the actual draft, and sit down and give priority to their sixth and seventh round guys. So and that's a smart thing to do because even if you know you say, Okay, in what order would we take these guys? Say you have forty six seventh round guys on your board. As they start coming off, okay, maybe it whittles down to, to 10. Okay, and what priority would we, do we need to go after these guys if those guys become available? And they, they, they hammered that, and then and, and good for them. I mean, they, they got a couple of guys off their board and, and talking to some folks that, you know, that, had, that had high grades, that had you know, fourth-round grades, fifth-round grades on their board. If you're pulling a guy, you're pulling players off your board that have fourth-round grades. And I'm talking about Mitch Hyatt, the, the tackle from Clemson. And talking to people around the league, they seem to think that it was just a fact that maybe that Mitch Hyatt, his first year at Clemson was what he was, and then his second year he was the same, the third year was kind of the same. He was an All-American player, but there was never that strength that strength improvement. And I think there are a lot of people, the guys I were talking about said, hey, this guy deserved to be drafted, considering who was drafted by some of the other you know, I think Sioux Falls had a player drafted. Mm-hmm. No offense to that kid, but Mitch Hyatt is a better. He's played in national championship games, big time football games. For them to go out and get guys like that, you know, as as undrafted free agents that have fourth round grades on their board, those are huge gets. You can't, you know, that's just that's just quality depth right there. What's on average, like from your experience, how many guys on your board if would you get in a draft? You might and feel get happy? three. You might get three or four. At best, mm-hmm. I mean to to get to get to get seven yeah. out of that undrafted, get, yeah, yeah. To get, but to get the quality to get the quality of what you're talking about though, 
again, fourth, fifth round guys, that, that that's kind of an unheard of thing to have happen. Now, either like I said on the draft show and Will was sitting right there, either they're going to be really right or they're going to be really wrong. We'll see how it all plays out. But I'm, I'm going to take my chances if I'm getting guys off my draft board to come in here as, as free agents to potentially making this football team or at least filling out my practice squad the right way. That means they dropped a lot. Yeah. The players. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was a funny draft in that way. It was funny that was like there were some names that were taken at spots that I didn't feel like that. You know, and again, this is they don't care. And I'm not I'm just talking about just not them. The league doesn't care what my board or Dane's board or Jeff Cavanaugh's board looks like. But if you just evaluate where they're at, you know, and where guys were taken, you're sitting there thinking, that might have been a little early for that guy. Oh, that guy was drafted there. Or, oh, this guy was not drafted. He was drafted late. Oh, that guy wasn't drafted at all. Mm-hmm. So everybody, there was a, there was a wide, wide mix. I, I was talking to uh, you know, my friend Steve uh, Sabo in Atlanta about this. And, you know, he was telling me, he goes, you know, Atlanta took the McGarry kid, the, the offensive tackle from Washington. And I said, did you feel like that was a little early? And he said, did you see the way the board was falling? Did you see what was happening to the offensive tackles when it got to us? Or how we, you know, mm-hmm. and we said, we either got to go get an offensive tackle or we're not going to get one at all. And so teams were probably thinking that a little bit. And, you know, maybe some guys weren't in exactly the wheelhouse of some of the teams. And that's why the Cowboys were able to get a guy like Brendan Knight, you know, and Derek Pooney. You know, these are a couple of guys that I kind of watched to, to go along with Mitch Hyatt that I really, really liked. You know, Larry Allen Jr., nice, you know, Larry Allen Jr. is winning right now. He, he, you know, whether he makes his team or not, he's winning. He's a Harvard grad. You know, he's winning in life. He's doing okay. He's doing all right. Yep. So, you know, I mean, but those, when you add guys like that, Chris Westery was a guy, you know, this is going to be the big experiment of the 6'4 corner. You know, this is the kid that's going to look impressive when he's standing out there and Mickey's interviewing him. He's going to have to get his little box to stand up and talk to him. You know, that's going to be, that's going to be impressive to watch this kid play because that's the test case. Can a 6'4, 6'4 corner have some success in the National Football League. You know, that, that's that's going to be the test. And even the guys that they drafted, I talked to Jordan Lewis uh, Sunday night at Taste of the Cowboys, uh, benefiting North Texas Food Bank. It's a great yeah. event they do 15 years in a row. Um, he went to high school with Mike Weber. And yeah. I think the first thing Mike told him on the phone was, I, sh- I should have been drafted higher, man. Yeah. You know, third round grade, I think the Cowboys had Absolutely, on him. Yeah. He drops to the seventh. They've already drafted a running back, but they're like, hey, that whole blinking light thing, right? Yeah, but he serves a different purpose than Tony Pollard. He does. And so but I don't know, know a lot they... of times it's priorities. Teams have priorities, what they yeah. want and what they don't. And as Brian said, you know, we, we talked last week about uh, Tristan Hill. Yeah. It's like, well, you could have got him in the third round. Well, maybe not. No, that that and, that was something. Because that, that there was were very, no, yeah. more, no more – and I said I, – the Latin, the next kind of three technique, technique mm. defensive tackle went like at 125. Right, it didn't stretch. So like if somebody yeah. needed one of those, yeah. they yeah. were going to grab them. Right. Yep. You weren't going to sit there and go, "Oh, I could oh, do they, this and they, get fancy." That was another thing that guys around the league were talking about because I asked them about Hill and the assessment. And the first thing that everybody talked about was, well, you know, the coaching change probably didn't do him any good. And, you know, but he's a quality player. He's an outstanding player. He should have probably been drafted, you know, a lot higher than where he was. And so, you know, but that's that's where you had to go once, you know, they made the determination. And we'll, we'll look at this in the history of, 
you know, the guys like Brian Broaddus were saying, oh, safety, 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 safety. We'll see. If all those safeties were on the board. But they, they felt like, though, in talking to Will, again, on that show, that he felt like they had to, they had to make that pick. They felt like they did the, the legwork on Hill. They felt like that they, you know, Rod Marinelli and his relationship with the player, him going to run the workout, his relationship with Scott Frost, who's now at Nebraska, who was Tristan Hill's coach. You know, there's not a lot of information coming out of Central Florida now. It's becoming a bad visit. And so, you know, they, they, they had the right line of questioning for folks that they could get information for, and that's why you make that pick. So you mentioned the food bank. Yeah. What was the big story, Rob? Well, you didn't catch that news because you were coming back, what, from I, New Orleans? It, it was not on my website when I pulled up DallasCowboys.com. Well, it, there was no headline. It was there. All right. It was there. The big story that came out of it was... They raised money for the food bank? They raised a lot of money <laughs> for the food bank. That's a good thing. Did you eat? I did. I ate a lot of different stations, man. All right. I made the That's rounds. That's what I would have done. Like, it's like your wedding. I just kind of walked around and ate a lot of food. <laughs> I never saw you. I know. at the buffet table. And the bar. And the, and the bar, too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> North Texas Food Bay. It was a great event. Uh, DeMarcus Ware probably was the top story that came out of it. Now, he uh, was one of the hosts? Yes. Okay. A lot, so of, cow- a lot of Cowboys people there, yeah. Yeah, a lot former, of ca- former players. A lot of alumni. Um, he wants to come back in a consultant role. And I, they talked with him about that about a year ago, a year or two ago. And he wound up doing pretty much the same thing with Denver last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, out of contract with Denver, right? Out now? of contract with Denver. Would like to come in two, three days a week and work with the pass rushers. Now, Jason Garrett said, we'd, we'd love him. We'd love to have him. It's got to kind of work out for both sides. Obviously, DeMarcus has things he's busy with, too. Uh, what do you think about that? It's my goal in life to be a consultant. Like a pigeon. Come in and poop come on in everything. Two, fly two, or three fly week, two or three days a week. Yeah. Not be held responsible for wins that's, and losses. That's exactly your pigeon. Come in, poop on everything, and fly away. He wanted to do it. He was sort of doing it in the off season last year before yeah. Denver convinced him to go out there and do it. So. He's come by before. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that bumps Charles Haley out of his consultant role. Charles does it for food. Yeah. <laughs> Charles does. I'll do coach, lunch on the way I'll back. Coach Charles, for food. Right. Char- Charles will coach for food. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, it can't hurt, right? It can't have hurt. Another, have another voice out there. Can I take the other approach then? Yeah. And I appreciate what you guys are saying. I'm not trying to be a negative guy here. I feel enough it's an important year for this football team, especially for the coaches who their head coach is on a year deal. I understand DeMarcus. I appreciate him. He was one of the best players by far. When My, my last draft, thank God, Bill, you know, that – Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones and everybody and Larry Lace and those guys all kind of pushed it that way because might, it might, worked out well. Might be a first ballot Hall of Famer. It, absolutely. And so I appreciate that about the player. I If if DeMarcus Ware wants to coach, go be a coach. Don't be a consultant guy. You know, go be a coach. Go try and be a coach. If, you know, Jason Witten, we've talked about him. Go, you know, he wants to go be a coach. Go do that. If I was, if I was somebody on staff here, I appreciate what, again, what he's trying to do. But this, if you were to pull this off, this has to be everybody on the right page. I think you have very capable coaches here with Rod Marinelli and Leon Lett. You know, they're even working Andre Girard a little bit yes. as a de- as a defensive line coach, which is really kind of neat for him because he thinks about it from an offensive lineman perspective to try and help these guys. So if it's if it's something where it's affecting the coaches who you have under contract to to do 
then then I, I that bot that would bother me. I, I I trust me. I appreciate the player, but if I think if I'm on the coaching staff, I want to kind of keep things as tight and close and and not have a bunch of different opinions, especially when you've got some young guys here that you might you know you might want to say. Okay, we need to coach them this way. They don't need to hear something else. And, you know, maybe the message, if the message is all the same, then it works. If the message turns into, well, don't don't do that with your hands. Don't do that with your feet. You know, position when you're coming off, take this step. You know, that make sure that everything is got to be aligned. Yeah, I yeah. just I just think this is a really important year for the coaching staff. If this was a new staff, maybe maybe you maybe you could pull this off. But a staff that's essentially needs needs to have a really good year. I don't need any outside consultants and distractions and anything else. It, despite that, it's a Hall of Fame player given those kind of a, adjustments. So I didn't get to see Jason Garrett say what he said, right? But he said the right thing without saying anything, right? Like, oh yeah, we want to do this. He didn't say that, right? right. It was like, yeah, you know, if, if both sides can work something out, and you know, mm-hmm. he's a great player, and mm-hmm. so I thought it was kind of a, a lukewarm response to the possibility. And if I think back to when Bill was here, and he would bring in some of his former players, and that was yeah, but those were giant players. Yeah, they and they were giant players, and but the assistant coaches, I don't know how well they took to that. That, that that's to me, that's I, I, you know, I I would look at it this way, Rob. You know, and and we're all we're all trying to be professional about what we're doing here. Yeah, you know, I would take offense if some if they if they said, "Hey, we're bringing in somebody else to analyze film and do this just on a part time kind of a basis." I don't have a problem where if they said, "Okay, Brian, Mickey's going to evaluate film with you full time," then I'm I'm okay. But something that could be just as a consultant or part time, I really don't have. I don't have time for that. I got to focus on, I got to focus on 16 games. I got to focus on the best record I can get out of this. I've got to focus on keeping my job, you know, and, and if it doesn't work out and say he's an assistant for, or a consultant for the whole year. Well, he just, again, goes away. And these coaches who are now under, they, they maybe lose their job. I, mm-hmm. I wouldn't want somebody coming in to my territory and being, and being just on a consultant basis. You you hit on it. I think when you said and I, and he's welcome anytime. No question. Uh, everybody tremendous person, tremendous yeah. player. But I'm just saying, if you think if you want to think about what the coach's mindset should be, I would worry about that. I, I think you hit on it when you said it's a young team and you've got to have messages and the techniques and everything aligned with right. your vision. That's in any business. You right, know, you right. got You got to have things streamlined and everybody on the same page. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, let's take our first break. When we come back, we touched on OTAs getting started here in a couple weeks. Let's spotlight some guys to watch that maybe we haven't talked a whole lot about in the offseason that it's a big year for them coming up. Let's get into that when we come back next. Kaboo, Texas is three days, six stages, over 100 artists, including The Killers, Lionel Richie, Leonard Skinner, Ms. Lauren Hill, Kid Rock, Alanis Morissette, Little Big Town, The Eight Vet Brothers, Counting Crows, Pitbull, Sting, The Black Eyed Peas, and the list goes on. Don't miss Kaboo, Texas. Single day and three day passes are on sale now. Visit KAABOOTexas.com to get your pass today your new apartment's big such a great deal uh, it's okay just okay what's not too right above the subway 
Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor, Angus. A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's Best Network. Come into an AT&T store and learn how to buy one smartphone and get a second one on us. Based on GWS One Score, September 2018. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broadus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys and with us you'll travel like a pro visit cowboystravel.com to book your travel package today Essilor has been helping Cowboys fans see better since 1972 so they don't miss a moment on the field. Get glasses with Essilor's best vision, clarity, and protection with the Essilor Ultimate Lens Package. Three innovative technologies in one lens. For a limited time, you can double your lenses for free when you purchase the Essilor Ultimate Lens Package and get a second pair of frames. Find a participating eye care professional and details by visiting EssilorUSA.com. That's EssilorUSA.com. Terms and conditions apply. A man's Stetson doesn't just protect him from life's elements. It projects an unstoppable and legendary spirit, just like the men wearing silver and navy on the field every Sunday. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. They are still the official crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find Stetson hats in the pro shop or at Stetson.com today. Back to Talking Cowboys. In football, often the quickest plays mixed with some good old-fashioned ingenuity are the key to winning. Kind of like Tommy John's horizontal quick-draw fly. It's the most intuitive, simple, and speedy feature that other underwear brands just don't have. Shop exclusive Cowboys underwear at TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys and... When you wear them to the jazz fest and you have to go into the porta toilets, mm. that quick draw is just. And the, you know what? Not only does it, not only does it help you, it helps the people in line behind you because you're in and out a lot quicker. Those lines are long. Now at we're jazz talking fest. about hypotheticals. Yeah, yeah we no, are. This Bill. is a truth. Believe me, <laughs> believe me, it is true. Brian's face I'm is red. I'm not kidding. Yeah, thanks, good. Well, you could talk to Mickey. There yeah. you go. Talk You'll to Mickey. Find out about that. Quick draw fly. By the way, it's National Teacher Appreciation Week. So we do appreciate them. Yes. yes. Shout out to my wife, yeah. mother-in-law, everybody who makes a difference in young people's lives. And it got me thinking, school's almost out. It's almost summertime. How about Dallas Cowboys Youth Academy is coming up? Oh, transition. Uh-huh. Dedicated to the development of young athletes and dancers of all skill levels through customized curriculum, personalized coaching, and interactive experiences with current Dallas Cowboys players and the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. Don't miss your chance to register for spring and summer youth camps at the Star and at AT&T Stadium. Do our buddy Danny McRae a favor. Register yeah. today at DallasCowboys.com slash academy. All right. Danny doing a great job with that stuff. He is. He's, we'd love to have him on board as a new teammate. Absolutely. Uh, really good player here for a few years. Yeah. 888-855-2297 is the number if you want to join the conversation. All right. We teased it coming out. Um, We've, we've gone up and down this roster in the offseason, and I said it last week. We, we know more or less what the bulk of this roster is going to look like in 2019 now that the draft is over. But let's talk about some guys that have something really on the line this year. I mean, some, maybe some names below the radar 
um, that we're going to be watching coming up. You got any, Brian? As, as, as OTAs come up soon? Well, I, I think it's really going to be a, a really important. There's a couple of guys that I, I, I've been saying this guy's name a lot just because I know what the coaches feel about him, and I know he was on the practice squad and he gets opportunity to get reps, is Donovan Alumba. Mm. You know, and he was on, like I say, he was on the practice squad the whole entire year. Here's a kid that's always around the facility. If you want to say a guy that's they always used the term in scouting, a gym rat, He's always around. You always see him. He's, you know, when everybody else seems to be gone, he's hanging out. You know, he'll be hanging out with Chris Richard, eating lunch, you're talking. He's always doing something around the facility. He's a corner. It's got some length to him. He's got some cover ability to him. Him and the Ward kid last year that they traded to Kansas City, they were going to kind of be the guys that the young corners that they were going to shelf and then see if they can get him, you know, get him to this year. So, I'm really excited to see how he's going to play. A lot of talk about could the Cowboys, with corners possibly contracts up the next two years, could they find somebody? You know, I mentioned Westery earlier from Kentucky as a guy that they signed. Well, here's Donovan Alumba again, another a whole year on the practice squad, got reps with the first defense at times. And so he might be one of those guys when we start putting on the pads out there in Oxnard and one on one coverages and stuff. Maybe he'll stand up and then get some preseason games and then find a way to make this football team on the 53-man roster. I like it. I like it. Mick, you making a list over there? I am. Who you got? It's a crowded field at the wide receiver position. Sure is. It is. If you look at what they added in the offseason, and if you're on the fringe there, you better really step up. You know, And one of the guys they gave an opportunity to last year when he finally got healthy was Noah Brown. Right. So if you look at it, you have Cooper Gallup, Cobb, Tavon Austin, Cedric Wilson is coming back. He spent the whole year on IR, so he's like uh, a new guy. Uh, you have Lance Lenore, who they kind of put on the roster late, and, you know, he was able to get in there. Uh, and then Noah Brown. So when you're looking at things, you know, w- w- does he fit in? And he's going to have to show. I would think that he's more than just a big receiver that you put in when you're blocking. Uh, you got to be productive in in the passing game. So um, between Tavon, Lance Lenore, and, and Brown, I think there's going to be some significant competition out there with those guys. Can I bring up another Did name? Did I forget somebody? No, I think you're good on that. Kyle Cuero. Yes. The, the the he was a safety at this time last year, Northwest, and it, and it it's funny because. I once again had to watch Northwestern tape again this year for Nate Hall, the uh, linebacker that they brought in from Northwestern. So it kind of reminded me of Kyle Cuero. Here's another guy that was, again, practice squad the whole entire year and developed some strength. Developed, you know, he's, he is naturally a big guy. He was a strong safety at Northwestern. And then they moved him to linebacker. Talking to people during practices about him, he was one of those guys that caused uh, caused uh, Dak Prescott fits because Prescott would try and fit the ball into somebody underneath. Or and, and here's Kyle Cuero driving on the ball, knocking it down, intercepting. I mean, you know, usually, usually scout team guys aren't making plays. Well, nobody told Kyle Cuero that. He was making plays, and, the, you know, it was like, you know, they're probably yelling at him, oh, get out, you know, don't do that, you know. And, but I, I think that, you know, with the linebacker situation the way it is, Mickey breaking news – 
uh, last week about Sean Lee, which very well, you know, that could happen. You know, but they're looking for a Sam linebacker. This guy's got some, some potential to be some Sam linebacker traits. And let's see if the special teams holds up. Let's see if he could take a guy like Joe Thomas and put him on the street. You know, he's going to – these young guys, these alumbas and people like Mickey's mentioned, some of these young guys are going to have to probably put some veteran guys on the street mm-hmm. who've had two or three, uh, you know, years already here. And they're saying, you know what, let's go with a younger, cheaper, better guy, better player. And so these the names we're talking about right now are those kinds of guys. And we, we mentioned the two running backs they yeah. drafted. Yeah. And so where does Darius Jackson fit Exactly. In? You know, and he got an opportunity. It, it was okay. I, I don't know if they were enthralled by it. He got to play a little bit in the regular season finale. Right. Giants, yeah. Right. You know, and Jordan Chun spent the year on the practice squad, but you bring in two more running backs, and now where do those guys fit in? So yeah. the offseason and early in training camp is going to be really important for a guy like that if he – He's going to stick around and, you know, make this. He's going to have to bump somebody else off. How about a guy like Daniel Ross, too? Yeah. yeah. Defensive tackle. I mean, they've, oh. added some, they've added some bodies inside now. And where it was Reed and Ross, the law firm, as you would say, Rob, <laughs> the law firm of Reed and Ross, those, those two guys. I, I watched your show, by the way, the other day. You saw the law firm of Jackson and Jackson? Oh, on the Blitz. On yes. the Blitz, yeah. yes. And so, you know, but that's. You know, when you have when you're bringing in bodies like that and quality bodies that we talked about earlier in the first segment, where they're off their draft board, you know, cheaper help. You know, these guys like Ross and you know they're going to have to figure out a way to, you know, they've already you know with Reed they've already moved on from Reed. You know, Ross they brought back. Let's see if he can in fact hold his spot because if not, then you know they'll they'll probably move on. They just that's just the the, the competition is a lot better at that spot. That yeah. whole defensive line. Mickey, I think you counted it up. It's like 16 guys vying for... Counting the couple guys that they're going to bring in as rookie free agents. Yeah. Undrafted. Vying for... There's about eight spots they usually keep. Sure. Well, on they, the 53, they, they kept ten. Ten. You quite could do ten. Yeah. Last year they kept eight, usually active. This might be the eight one man rotation on game yeah, day. Yeah. yeah, that's true. This might be the one year that I'm actually right about saying that. You know, when they get down to the cut, they always say, oh, it's a difficult cut. You know, and, and Somebody's uh, going to play somewhere yeah, else. Yeah, but, you know, teams lie to you. Yeah, you know, <laughs> they lie to you. I mean, I, I could sit there like two weeks into training camp and say, here, 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 gone, gone, gone. You know, I could kind of figure things out. Because there's a lot of guys on that D-line this, who know we're going to be here. This might be – I'll tell you another position to keep an eye on that needs to step it up. Are those two backup quarterbacks? Well, that's where I was going. Okay, I'm sorry. Well, no, no, that's great. Go. Carry it down. Yeah, <laughs> no, carry. I, was, I was... Mickey I was, and I were just talking away. No, I was going to... Uh, that was going to be my contribution. It's normal for Mickey and I. <laughs> and let y'all go, because the point, to me, it, it, we, we keep talking all offseason about running back, and, well, what happens if something happens to Zeke? True. Why aren't we talking about that at quarterback? I know, mm. I know Dak looks indestructible. I know he's built like a middle linebacker. He hasn't missed a snap due to injury in three seasons, just like Zeke. We're all knocking on wood here. Um, but there were some close calls last year. Oh, There's, that Washington game, right, where he got yeah. lit up on the sidelines? He yeah. took some hits mm. last year, and uh, I, I don't know that we've seen a large sample size of Mike White and Cooper Rush to say where they are. We're going we're gonna to find out. I think, I, I think I've seen Cooper Rush – I've seen Cooper Rush be really good to make this team. Matter of fact, he drove Kellen Moore into coaching, if you think about it. Had a great preseason two great, years ago. Yeah, he was one of the best 
best quarterbacks. I'm not just talking about, I'm talking about veteran, rookie, whatever. He was like one of the highest rated quarterbacks two years ago in the preseason. And then last year, it's like they drafted Mike White and he spit the bit. You know, and, and I was expecting Mike White to come in and be more competitive and push and try and, you know, get Cooper Rush, knock him out or put him in the third. You know, maybe, maybe this might be one of those spots where we look and they say they don't have the luxury of maybe keeping a third quarterback this year. If we're, if we're right about all this competition at defensive line, at line, at uh, wide receiver, you know, at tight end, are we going to be able? You going to be able to keep all these guys? So you you might not be. You might not have the luxury of carrying that third quarterback. So it, this is an important year for Cooper Rush and Mike White. You know, Mike White needs to step up. He really does. He came in here, and I, I was really. Just, just taken, uh, taken back's a strong word. I was just kind of disappointed because I thought he was a better player, Western Kentucky. I thought I'm like, oh, he's going to come in here and beat Cooper Rush out. That's this is no brainer. And then neither one of them either put put the put the foot down on the accelerator. It was just they both kind of play just okay. And you know, it's like, all right, we have to keep two quarterbacks. Let's keep two. You know, I don't think they're that luxury this year. Mm. I really, really don't. Somebody's going to have to step up and take this job. It's either going to be Cooper Rush. Or it's going to be Mike White. Or do you have a short list of available veteran quarterbacks out of work? It's interesting because, I mean, they haven't gone that route. Is there a McCown floating around somewhere? Those seem like to be the popular guy. I mean, they haven't gone that route since 2016 when they really – McCoys. Yeah, McCoys, McCowns. (laughs) I mean, they got such a steal with Dak in 2016, and I think they they changed course and said, we we want to develop. You know, we've got a young starter – Let's see if we can find more guys that we can develop through the draft. I think Mike White was a fifth-round pick a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, they tried Matt Castle. They tried Whedon. They tried all these guys. Much to our dismay. It didn't work, yeah. you know? So, um, But to your point, yeah, I think once you get into training camp in these preseason games, the backups are going to have to somebody, show that they can handle it. Somebody had better step up. Yeah. Because, that, that, I, again, I, I'm, just, I'm making a prediction as we speak here. May 7th, right? Is that our May 7th today? May 7th. May 7th, I'm saying, you know, they're not going to keep three quarterbacks. I'm going to make that prediction right now because I think the roster is going to be so strong at certain positions with some competition that they're thinking, like, we can't keep that guy. We can't keep Or they got to put him on the practice. Yeah. Track. Or, you know, they, or they cut him and they're thinking, okay, good luck, but, you know, and maybe we'll find another quarterback down the line. But, but they, if now if they keep both quarterbacks, it'll be because both quarterbacks, earn the right to be here. Mm-hmm. But if one of them goes out there, like I said, and spits the bit again and doesn't play with any passion and fire and intensity and moving the team and it's just, you know, three and out, three and out, three and out in all those preseason games, you know, then I could see him moving on from that. So another position, which was a luxury last year, they kept four tight ends. Yeah. Can they afford to do that again this year? And if they can't, then Rico, he's on the line. With yeah. Witten coming back and uh, Schultz and Jarwin, he, to me, he's fourth in line again. Can you keep four? And they, they signed the young guy, um, Cody McElroy. McElroy. Yeah. And he looks like a tight end. <laughs> yeah, he didn't play much. He was a ba- another basketball Basketball player, guy, right? right. But again, I, I was just going to save everybody the uh, – having to call and ask about Rico where he fits in. Can I ask a question about Rico? <laughs> yes. Did you put him at tackle right now? 
We gotten some questions from fans about that. I mean, would you would you just go ahead and is say he tough enough? You know what? I think the block because you're going to get hit every yeah, yeah. play. He's big enough to but, do but, it. But but maybe just about. maybe it's a way that you tell him. Listen, your best avenue of sticking in the National Football League, and maybe maybe other teams. Well, obviously, if they put him out there, somebody will pick him up because everybody's interested in the basketball guy. You know, six eight. And by and, the way, yeah. every tight end the Cowboys have cut has gone on and done great things. <laughs> so that might be another reason to pick up a tight end from his team. But but. Would you consider putting Rico Gathers right, at least in the mini camps, the OTAs, and working him as a, some offensive tackle, and see if, if in fact it? Because I think he's got the feet, the feet to do it. I don't. We'll see about the power, the upper body strength, and stuff. And maybe that's too much to ask mentally of him to have to switch that. But that's the he, thing. But he You've plays, ne- but he plays next to and, tackles. Yeah. He plays next to tackles and blocking. That's true. So. so but but are you, okay, you talk about your investment in time and all that. I mean, it's just tough because because the transition just to get to tight end from eighth grade, all not right. having played, and now you want to switch him. But I, I the numbers don't appear to be in his favor now. Obviously, right? It's going to be tough because uh, you've got a draft pick in front of you. They love Jarwin. You got Jason Witten, and know? he's maybe he's better than maybe he's better than Schultz. They listed maybe. him at two eighty two. Yeah, I don't know. You know, th- this is where I'm kind of like. If you if you did it now, he's two eighty two, and you could get him to two ninety four, maybe two ninety five, something like that. Put about you know, put some a little weight more because he's going to have the off season program as far as lifting weights. You keep bulking him up a little bit. I just think the footwork maybe can help mm-hmm. being an athlete. But what about football awareness? That that right there will get somebody killed. Maybe. Sure, but I, I, I was just thinking if if you're not going to the investment that they made, okay. So we're saying that the two year investment or three year investment of Rico Gathers is has been a wash. I mean, this is the or third, not a wash, but is a that's a failure. This is the third year, right? Right. You got to do something your third year. You got to make a spot. I would say for the yourself. same thing about the first round pick they had too that year. It's really his fourth year, but he's he missed basically one year. No, he's on in IR. the same boat. Yeah. 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 Except for the fact that he's got a guaranteed contract. Yeah. See, that's that's. I mean, you, Will McClay came out and was was very very adamant about Rico needs to not Rico um, Taco 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 yeah. needs to improve. It's such a crowded group. Dorrance Armstrong's going to yeah. try to you know he drafted yeah. a couple ends and and we'll see what happens there. All right. Well, when you have a four million dollar dead money, if you get rid of him or yeah. trade yeah. him, and who would give you anything for him at this point? I mean, he's got to step up, but again, you're kind of hamstrung because of maybe, the contract. Maybe player for player, first round player for. But first it still round costs player. you four million dollars. Yeah. Well, they would assume the guarantee, I right. guess, right. if you traded him. But the dead money on the signing bonus is still remains. So at least you're not Pittsburgh with dead money. Mm, that's a lot of dead money in yeah. Pittsburgh. Yeah. All right, let's take our final break. Kent's got a quarterback list for us when we come back, and we got one caller holding. Just hang on. We'll get to you right after the break next. It can be hard to find the right resource for learning about important financial matters. You search how to build savings, you end up reading about the one weird ingredient from supermarkets that can make you taller. That's why Bank of America built BetterMoneyHabits.com, a safe little corner of the internet for answering your financial questions. Full of simple videos and tips, Better Money Habits can show you how to make the most of your money without resorting to random searches that always seem to lead to unbelievable photos of childhood stars grown up. 
To learn more, visit BetterMoneyHabits.com. It's time for tailgating with the OtterBox boys. The OtterBox that builds those crazy protective phone cases? Yep, and now they're changing the side dish game with the OtterBox Trooper Soft Cooler. Lightweight, mobile, and leak-proof, Trooper is perfect for blitzing a crowded parking lot with a Frito pie. Amazing. Hey, you think I could fit my seven-layer salmon salad into the Trooper cooler? Yep, but please don't. And that's been Tailgating with the OtterBox Boys. Learn more about the Trooper Soft Coolers at OtterBox.com. While a player could look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. That's why the Cowboys rely on more than just stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than just specs and features. You've got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. Experience one for yourself. Visit myjohndeeredealer.com slash football. Dr. Pepper is the one you crave. But how do you explain that craving? Imagine a surging river of ice-cool Dr. Pepper roaring with carbonated mists of desire. You're dangling above it, upside down, like a fishing lure in the wind. 23 flavors tickle your nose, but the river is too far away to taste. Dr. Pepper calls to you. You, you. Now that is a Dr. Pepper craving. Dr. Pepper, the one you crave. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Back to Talking Cowboys. And speaking of Jack Black... <laughs> Smart deserves smart. Did oh, you know that? Yes. Yeah. Your graduate deserves Jack Black. Yeah. And you deserve a free three-ounce cleanser with your $60 purchase. And here's what you need to do. You need to make your purchase by kick Shannon this off that evening, <laughs> and you will get a free three-ounce cleanser with your purchase. Yeah. That means you get to choose from Beard Wash, All Over Wash, Turbo Wash Energizing Cleanser, or Pure Clean Daily Facial Cleanser. And I couldn't bring all that stuff with me this weekend, and I definitely missed my Turbo Wash and my Pure Clean Daily Facial Cleanser. So to go to GetJackBlack.com and by 11.59 p.m. Central Time tonight, you need to put in your order while supplies last. So now you've got a competing read with Shannon. Yeah. What's up? Get you some Jack Black. Except mine's not printed out. There you go. Thank you, Mickey. And by the way, big yes. day for Gene and Jerry Jones today. Yeah, today uh, the Dallas Cowboys uh, will help uh, kind of break ground on uh, what's going to be called a uh, cancer society along with baylor scott and white and the baylor's foundation uh they're developing sort of a to give you an example what it is you know the ronald mcdonald house at children's uh, hospital here in dallas uh they are going to give their combined 
donations are going to be able to give Dallas its first American Cancer Society Hope Lodge. It's a Hope Lodge where people that have to come in, ta- in town from out of town 40 or more miles away and gives them a place to stay, family members, uh, support groups. If somebody's in here for cancer treatment, they can put them up in a condominium-type place in this uh, uh, Hope Lodge free of charge. They also allow them uh, to... Uh, you have facilities to cook, so you can stay there in a two-bedroom, private bath, basically condo, uh, while you're in town when someone that you're giving care to uh, is having treatment. And the person that's having treatment obviously is in the hospital. And I thought the neatest thing about it was they have uh, available kitchen space, and it was described as chef-quality uh, competition cooking space where families can go down and mingle and cook and kind of share what everybody's doing. So uh, the Cowboys, uh, Jerry and Gene Jones, donating $7.5 million to this. Baylor Scott & White is donating uh, the land close to the Baylor Hospital downtown. It's in the uh, Deep Ellum area, and they're going to break ground on that, and they're hoped to be up and running by uh, 2021. So a really neat idea. They have them around the country. Yeah. And this will be the first one in Dallas. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Uh, I promise we get to the phone lines eventually. Will, you still there from Chicago? Yes, I'm here. Thanks for holding, buddy. What's on your mind today? So I just have a couple of comments and one comment and one question, two questions, really. So Mickey, the next time you're in Chicago, which will be in December, you have to try the Chicago pizza pot pie at the Chicago pizza and oven grinder. <laughs> Definitely something you would enjoy. Comes in half a pound and one pound. That drop. Can I order it online? <laughs> yeah, you better order it because it's a long wait. Um, so my first question has to deal with um, Randy Gregory. I know that we've had a lot of comments as far as his pending suspension. Do we have any kind of update on what that actually means? And the second question, probably more discussion, I know that we put a lot of emphasis on uh, moving to a more a younger lineup. And I love Sean Lee. He's the only, only player I have pictures with. But with all the young talent that we have, do you see the Cowboys being brave enough or having enough guts to really move away from a Sean Lee who's actually in his last year, and maybe even with Jason Witten. I think Jason's a little bit safer than Sean, but would they make that type of decision? And I'll hang up and listen to the um, Sir, can answers. I ask you a question All real right. quick? Sir, sir, sure. sir, are you with me? Okay. Who? Hey, yeah, go yeah. ahead. I was going to ask, okay, so you're thinking about this for final cuts then, right, is how you're looking yeah, at it? Yeah. So, okay, so we need to figure out, though, are we liking that Sean Lee's going to play Sam Linebacker, which, Mickey, I give him full credit for that. Are we, are we okay with that for Sean Lee? Playing in that role and then being a, a backup player if something were to happen. Because I'll give you a really good example of what's happened the last couple of years, last few years. If I remember correctly, you know, you look what, it, what Joe Looney was able to do to step in, backup guy, step in, play 16 games, need that type of a player. Ron Leary did the same thing for Lyle Collins. So to me, having a veteran type of a guy, especially a guy with the quality of, you know, pedigree of Sean Lee. I'm not too interested. I'm thinking about you know week seven, week eight, week eleven. 
you know, where maybe I'm going to need that veteran guy to step in because Joe Looney stepped in for 16 weeks. Now Joe Looney becomes a backup again. And now there's questions about Joe Looney, you know, even because of, of Connor McGovern. So I'm just, I'm just trying to get a handle on this thing. You're, you want to just completely move on from Sean Lee is what I'm, am I right about this? No, I'm not saying let's move completely away from him right away. I think that we have to go through the competition, but if someone shows a talent and ability to do, you know, that's the decision we have to make. Sure. And I think, I think maybe a couple seasons back I called it. It was actually last season I called in and asked the question, if Sean Lee goes down, which he did, who steps in? Right. Your answer at that point in time was Joe Thomas. Right. So Joe Thomas is still with us. We have Chris Covington that's there. Yeah. And I think they brought in a couple of other, other linebackers. Yeah, Chris. I just think, yeah. I think that what makes the Patriots the Patriots is their, their willingness to move on, right? So, you know, are we are, – Granted, if the situation is right, I think having him there and that that's, that experience is definitely crucial. Yeah. But at some point in time, you have to make sure that you're reliable to be on the field. Him playing Sam linebacker, in my opinion, taking on hits every play, I don't see that being a long-term um, solution. Well, but you're not going to play every play, right? You're going to play true. about 25% of the snaps, and you're going to back up the other two positions – and him backing up the Sam, I mean, the weak and the middle is better than any other alternative the Cowboys have. And as it was explained to me, he doesn't have to be on the line of scrimmage every play playing Sam. They can play him off. They've done that before with their strong side linebacker and protected him. But if you've got somebody that's you think's good enough to come in and, yeah. you know, who is it? You know, Covington's barely played. Yeah. You know, and... Joe Thomas is more of a middle weak guy, not a strong side guy. So uh, I I don't think he gets in the way. And the best part is his contract, the way it got restructured, doesn't get in the way either. I, I'm right. Thanks for the call, Will. Yeah, no, it's, it's good good discussion there. Sometimes I, you have to have a luxury somewhere. I just think that Sean Lee, I I'm because I'm thinking about again week seven, week nine, week eleven, something somewhere right there. You're going to need Sean Lee to start one of these games. You know, somebody's going to get banged up and, you know, not going to be able to suit up for a game or two. And I think having Sean Lee, you know, that, that last year, though, that uh, they only played like the Sam linebacker in the playoffs only played 10 percent. Yeah. The two, yeah. In the two playoff and, games. And Damian Wilson was under 30 yeah. percent of the snaps during yeah. the season. So, I mean, and, yeah. and Mickey's right about that. But I think that I, I just also think like that they're going to do more with Sean Lee. Maybe it's going to give, and I don't think they want to take Leighton Vanderush off the field. I don't think they want to take Jalen Smith off the field. Jalen Smith, I think they want to develop Jalen Smith more as a rusher, believe it or not, a guy, an attacking linebacker in nickel situations and stuff. And if you tell me, okay, we want to play straight coverage, I'll take Jalen Smith off the field because I don't think he can cover as well. But I think Sean Lee can. Mm. I think See, and there's other packages they yeah. can use him for. You can play four linebackers. Yeah. And as, as Brian said, and then Jalen becomes a pass rusher. Yeah. Is he rushing? Is yeah. he not rushing? Right. Uh, is Sean Lee covering? Is he not covering? Right. There's so many things they can do with that three-man front that they kind of like to use. The, 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 and people on Periscope are saying the football IQ. And that's, yeah, that's, I, that's absolutely right. I, I know. That's that, a smart. Yeah. That's a smart observation by somebody on Periscope. I'm sorry to catch your name, 
But yeah, that is a you know, you, you, I, I I understand what he was talking about with the injury and being young and all that. That that's that's something that always comes into your mind. It's a young team to begin with. Maybe I need to carry a Witten, a Sean Lee. You know, I need yeah. to carry a veteran guy to make sure that the young guys are kind of doing things the right way. I, if, they're, if, if they're getting in the way, if somebody is clearly better than Sean Lee, then I trust Will McClay, Jerry Jones, and Stephen Jones, and Jason Garrett to make the right decision to move on from that player well, if I, that's what they have to do. I don't think you look at the linebacker depth chart and say there is a, that guy. I, I just don't. Now, to Will's point, sure, he's got to stay healthy, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the football IQ is big because, number. Hey, by the way, Sean Lee was the best linebacker on the field in the playoff game, the yeah. loss to the Rams. Yeah. Uh, it was a bad day overall for the defense. But the football IQ thing, there were plays that you watched Leighton last year, and I, he needs to be on the field as much as possible. But there were plays that experience diagnosing things. Mm-hmm. A, another year or two of experience would have done him well. And that's a play that probably Sean might have recognized and gotten taken the right angle to the ball, things like that. It shows up if you go back and watch some of that stuff. So what was the first part of his question other than uh, the Chicago pizza pot pie? Update on Randy Gregory, indefinitely suspended right now. Yeah, he's indefinitely suspended. So I think he kind of worded it like it was impending or something. Yeah. He is suspended. Uh, I think the best thing you can say is they are hopefully optimistic that he'll get reinstated. I think Just, I've had some people tell me that Randy Gregory is working out on his own. You know, that he's trying to do some things to kind of keep himself active, keep himself going, making sure that while these guys are here doing uh, OTAs and captain's workouts and all that, he's not going to, he's not just sitting there waiting for, you know, somebody to decide his fate. He's going to, if it works, he'll be ready. If it doesn't work, well, then he'll do what he has to do. But, you know, and again, we talk about Randy and his situation. It's unfortunate, you know, and, I'm not going to sit here and act like I, I, I made a mistake with Randy Gregory, you know, in, in, in evaluating him. And I'm not going to do that again because, you know, it's unfortunate. I, I don't know his complete, you know, completely what goes on with him, but I was wrong about his willingness to want to play football. I thought, nah, he doesn't care about football. He really does care about football, but he's got something. He's got an illness that's keeping him from being the football player that, that he's, he was in college and, you know, we have yet to see here with the Cowboys. He really is a unique case because it is a, it's an illness, and it it's an issue that probably won't get resolved until the next CBA. And he unfortunately he entered the league in 2015, he, he, and and under the current rules, plays, it's an it's an yeah. it's an issue trying to figure out where he falls with violations of the substance abuse he play, policy. He plays for a professional, a professional sport that is very not very sympathetic to his kind of condition. Or has no understanding of his condition. That's that's the problem. If he were maybe maybe the, maybe the other sports, baseball, basketball, hockey, maybe they have a better understanding of this. Football doesn't have a better understanding of this. That, and we don't know the circumstances surrounding yeah. the uh, reason for the indefinite suspension. There's yeah. a lot of things yeah. that he has to follow. And I, and and the only reason I say they're, you know, hopefully optimistic is you listen to Stephen Jones answer questions about it mm-hmm. i mean he sounds like but they know something we don't yeah but we gotta be careful mickey remember we got fooled by the whole zeke thing well remember yeah jerry came but out that was a legal thing and we we could yeah, analyze that we can't analyze no this. we can't analyze this but it's if it's coming from the league you gotta just be careful about and i i 
I appreciate what you're saying. I really, really do. The legal stuff we understood. I don't know if I really understood it, it but I tried. Well, we, we obviously <laughs> misinterpreted it yeah, exactly. because the, the way they interpreted it. But if you've noticed since then, the league hasn't done, again, what they've done to Zeke. Yeah. yeah. Right? It hadn't happened. All right, Kent, real quick. You wanted to drop a free agent quarterback list for us just in case the Cowboys wanted to look that way. Yeah, let me know if any of these names um, excite you more than Cooper Rush and or Mike White. Can we go yay or nay? We'll just say stop when we're interested. Some of these names might be very familiar to Cowboys fans as well. Um, We'll start with David Fales. He was last with Miami, free agent. Uh, Brock Osweiler, also last with Miami. Uh, Josh Johnson, and here's some familiar names. Uh, Brandon Whedon. Mark Sanchez, Matt Castle. Forgot uh, Sanchez. Uh, right, wait, Sanchez suspended the first four games, or was that last year? It was last I year. I think it was last kind year. Of lost okay. Track. okay, there we go. Sanchez still out there. Uh, Josh McCown's still out there as well. Oh, there's a McCown. There's, See, a, there's a, a McCown. McCown. There's right. a McCown. That helps. Um, Geno Smith and um, Rob, this is for you. Johnny Manziel. <laughs> Got to put it out there. Put the feelers out. Rob, he, oh, did this list. he did this list just yeah, to get Johnny. He dropped Man. it in there. I love Kids it. Kids trying to it. get an extra thousand or two. Uh... Oh, yeah. Boy, that's a great way to end the show, isn't it? And that's kind of why you're trying to develop your own guys, right? I just, like, threw up in my mouth. So, oh, you got roots there. <laughs> With all of that. None of those guys? None? That's why you try to develop your own guys. Maybe, because those guys it, have had shots. Maybe in the Josh McCown. He, he forgot a very, he got a very key name. He left somebody off. He left somebody off. Mm. Left somebody off that 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 just might be the best one out of all those guys. Tony Romo. No. Oh, he's playing golf this. He's week. playing. He's golf. playing golf this week. Yeah, he's he's golfing. Colin Kaepernick. Mm, yes. Yes. I mean, if you're talking about, give me a guy that I know is in shape that can whip the ball. But again, is the is there going to be a point in time in this NFL where? We we now understand what's going on here, and, and we don't have the back and forth with that. That guy's got just as much talent as every one of those people that that Kent just named. Has been to a Super Bowl, yeah, almost. But won a Super Bowl. none of those guys would create a controversy if Dak had one bad game. Yeah, no, th- th- you're fair. That's absolutely right. right. I'm just saying, if if I was a general manager and I needed a backup quarterback, I. I know I would look at him and say I would I would work that angle. Yeah, you're losing Dak week three. Would you yeah, take that's any of a those different guys story over yeah, Cooper Rush? I need to see what Kellen Moore's doing with his offense. But if he's yeah. moving Dak around, this guy you can this, if you have an athletic quarterback, this guy makes a lot of sense. And then the other question is, does he want to play football? Yeah, that's another question. Because we don't know that, do we? Yeah. No, we don't. All right, we're out of time. Kent, thanks for producing and for the Aggie War him at the end of the show. Appreciate that. Thanks to Brian. Thanks to Mickey. We'll holler at you guys next Tuesday. Bill will be back in studio then for some more Talking Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?